Hello, listeners, and welcome to Capture It. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Listen, life is a journey full of moments that provide us with opportunity to capture what it is that helps us grow into the people we truly want to be. Let's talk about these ideal characteristics that inspire and motivate us all. And in time, work to capture it ourselves. Hello, listeners. We have some exciting news. Our son, Jude Anthony Traeger, was born 7-14-2020. Nine pounds, five ounces, and we are loving every little bit of having this new guy in our world. We thought we knew what love was, but this kid has brought in a whole new form of love into our world. So we are so excited to announce that our boy is here, Jude, J-U-D-E, Anthony Traeger. His name comes from uh, our father's middle names, and uh, we are just so excited to have him in our world. Welcome back, and on the show today, we have local hero Spencer Rubin. Spencer is a the founder and CEO of PlayFitFun, an organization dedicated to getting youth up, out, and moving while building self-esteem, empowerment, and positive attitude. Spencer Rubin resides in Beaverton, Oregon with his wonderful wife, and he has three incredible kids and two loving dogs. We also wanted to thank PlayFitFun for being this episode's sponsor. If you live in Beaverton, Oregon, or anywhere near that location and would like to learn more about what PlayFitFun can offer your family, visit their website at playfitfun.com. Listeners, let's get ready to work in time to capture it. Enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all sorts, welcome back to Capture It, the podcast. I'm thrilled uh, to have one of the most energetic people that I've I've encountered in my local community, uh, somebody that's been working with the school that I teach at, somebody that's been working very closely with um, all different companies, organizations, schools um, within our local area. And um, really, uh, you got to understand that it's all about play. It's all about fun and getting a little fit. So um, I'm going to introduce you to my friend, Spencer Rubin. Welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I, I'm going to apologize first off the bat. Life's crazy right now. About six yeah. days ago, me and my wife had our first kid. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. Uh, Jude Anthony Traeger is officially in the world, and uh, we're loving every bit about uh, being, being parents. Uh, you're a parent, though, too, right? Uh, I am a parent. Um, I just drove by our first house, but that's where we had our first two kids. And my first is a boy. And, uh, you know, I just remember those early days bringing him home. And I just remember how exciting it was. And, you know, you go back to those little memories and stuff. And I, I remember walking around the house and the layout of the house and the dogs that we had at the time. And it's just really a pretty awesome 
experience. Uh, here's another thing that's gonna is may, might consider me to be crazy. We're also moving this week. <laughs> we, yeah, I noticed we a couple of so, wrapped up yeah, things in the background. We, yeah, there. there you go. We're we are packing, um, and we are we are doing this new parent thing and, and moving. We we had to take advantage of the market and sell our house. And yeah, we got another house uh, that's kind of been in the in the works for a while. So it's just a, for you guys. A, a, you know a, a blessing of the timing, right? And I'm just gonna yeah. say it like that. Exciting time. Um, busy is good. Busy is good. So we're crazy. Um, but yeah, this new, this new, uh, this new chapter of our life, um, bringing kids in the world is, is, is life changing, um, and for a, g- a good thing. And, um, I've been having these little flashbacks of, you know, as soon as I saw Jude come out, um, I've been having these flashbacks and one of them was, and, 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 and I remember growing up and my father, and just tell me if you've, you've used this line, you don't talk to your mother like that. Oh, I just used it about 40 minutes ago. Oh, man. So I'm telling (laughs) you right now, I didn't understand the gravity of that phrase right there until I saw my child come into the world. Because what my wife just did, well, for the last nine months, too, I'm just like, you you will not be messing with your mother, young man. Yeah. That was uh, uh, incredible. Um, to see. Uh, yeah, I literally just used it a short while ago as someone was getting pretty sassy and their mom was actually cooking them dinner at that moment and they were complaining about something completely stupid <laughs> and I had to jump in because my wife was going about to explode on them. So to save the whole family, I jumped in. But I also wanted to make the point of, you know, you realize what this person does for you on a daily basis, let alone the fact they brought you into the world. But sometimes they forget. And, you know, like you said, with COVID, it's a very stressful time. And a lot of people have been lashing out at each other. And think about also since mid-March, we've been kind of locked up together. We haven't been in our normal routines. And sometimes we just say and do stupid things. And that's probably been happening a lot more than average for the average family uh, just because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, we go from zero to 60, meaning like uh, maybe we didn't spend that much time with our family to 100% of the time right now. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's always silver lining in it. I, I've really enjoyed the time that I've had with my wife and going through this first pregnancy that we've had and just having that little bit of extra time. But yeah, um, it's it's uh yeah it's uh it's a wild time with uh, all the COVID stuff. So it's just been fun. I just that, all that flashback was like you don't talk to your mother like that. Like, I has a whole new gravity to me. Um, and I, that yeah, little you better kid save ever, that line because uh-huh. you probably use it a few times. Uh huh. Do you have any idea what your mother <laughs> went through to bring you into this world, man? Um. Yeah. So yeah, Jude, uh, he'll be ready. Yeah, Jude Anthony Traeger, named after um her father's middle name Jude J U D E, and my father's middle name Anthony. That's great. Um, yeah, so we're, great. we're excited. So wish me luck. Um, I'm just going to try not to screw this, screw this whole thing up. Nah, you'll do great. <laughs> so Spencer you'll... Rubin, um, you are uh, a business owner, small business owner that's growing, and uh, you've been doing this for a while, and we'll, we'll kind of get into uh, telling me the ins and outs of it. But tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. You have this, I think, a pretty incredible company in our local area called Play Fit Fun. Um, and, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, about you and, and getting to that point of, of pulling the trigger on, uh, getting that thing rolling. Sure thing. Yeah. You know, so I'm a local guy. Uh, I grew up in Southwest Portland. Uh, I went to Wilson high school, which 
uh, from what I understand, pretty soon will probably not be Wilson High School anymore. They're going to change the name. And I grew up in Southwest Portland, um, graduated there back in the 80s, went down to Oregon. So I stayed local, um, graduated there, actually got into the radio business. And I was in sales and stayed there for in, in sales and marketing and management and all that for about uh, 26 years or so. And in 2016, I left that, actually started Play Fit Fun in 2013. So for a few years, I was basically doing two full-time jobs. And that timing, um, yeah, that timing sounds uh, just about right to me because that's probably when I first started to interact with you and kind of know that, yeah. that that hit the road. Tell me a little bit about like what, you're, what, what, what does that mean to be a salesperson in advertisement for radio? You know, that is a great career to either uh, scare the hell out of somebody or really train them because you're not selling anything tangible. You're selling air. Okay. With TV, you can show a screen. Uh, Back in the day when newspaper was a thing or yellow pages, you had something you could show them. You could pull a page open and show them a half or a full page and this many impressions and all that. With radio, you could sell ratings um, and you can kind of sell what an audience might be. But one guy said it once is you're the purveyor of dreams and you're the seller of hope. (laughs) And when you're talking to a car dealer or a restaurant locally in this community, like uh, what's a good one? Um, Casa Lola, the Mexican restaurant over on Barrows over there. You really got to get to know them. You really have to pair things back and listen to them and their problems and their issues. Any advertising salesperson does. But with radio, you know, you really got to get to know what their fears are, what their needs are, what their concerns are, because you have to tell a story. You're in the storytelling business. You have to capture attention and not sound cliche. And, you know, when I left, it was really, I mean, even a few years before that, it was really getting into the whole, you know, long emails, we're not being read anymore. People were very impatient. So, you know, not a lot of 60 second commercials were being sold anymore. 30 second commercials were even considered too long. People were getting into 10 and 15 second commercials. So it became very challenging because the attention span of the average person from what I've read is less than a goldfish. Okay. So (laughs) it really taught me a lot about getting to know my community, getting to know the people I do business with, and I think it really helped me get prepared for what I'm doing now because I am still in the people business. It's a different kind. Well, and I love that you say that, you know, being in the people business, but also the approach that you had doing that old job is you, you got to know who you're working with and who you're serving, right? Because if you yeah. don't, then now you're just selling a product. You're not selling why uh, yeah, that product exactly. exists. You're not, you're not, you're not getting into what, what purpose does it serve is like um, how you make it, uh, why you make it, what, where does it go? Where does it end up? And what difference does it make? Instead of just, here's what I have. Do you want to buy it? Um, right. You know, and that you can listen to Simon Sinek talk about that all, all stinking day. Um, and so where do you go? Where do you go um, from there? You jump from uh, leaving a career in, in radio advertisement to starting up this, this, this new adventure um, and, and one that's based around those three words, play, fit, fun. Um, and so where does that come about? Where does that, that thinking begin? And then wh- what's the flash forward to getting that up and running? You know, um, this is a very funny story. This is an accidental career, Joe. 
I mean, I've always enjoyed kids. I've got three. Uh, I think I was known as kind of the gregarious, sometimes very serious, especially as the soccer coach, uh, but also kind of the gregarious, uh, funny dad with my kids, uh, friends and stuff. And I coached a lot of them in soccer. Uh, back, gosh, around 2010 or 11, I was in the radio biz and I really was starting to study the, and pre, it was not even the mental end of things. It was purely the obesity and overweight issues with kids these days. It's like a third, a third, and a third. A third of the kids are obese, a third of the kids are overweight, a third of the kids are normal size. And that was pretty scary to me. And so I was really mostly just looking at the physical, but I started a promotion called Kid Fit. And it was at the radio station. And uh, it was a traveling road show of field day events. We actually did one at Southridge. We did one at Jesuit. We did one at Beaverton. We did one at Century High School. And throughout the year, we also had PE teachers, coaches, and athletic directors coming in to record public service announcements about be active, be active with your kids, get out and move, and, you know, various really cool things. And a former Southridge dad and current Beaverton area, Beaverton School District PE teacher, he planted the seed of my mind for Play Fit Fun. Greg Stoller, he said, you know, what I was going to do before I got my PE teacher job, I was looking to get one here in Beaverton. Uh, the only one I could find was in Vancouver. I did not want to do that commute. So I told myself by X time, if I didn't get a job as a PE teacher in the Beaverton Hillsborough area, I was going to start an after-school daycare thing that usually like rents the cafeteria in the schools or something. And I was going to base it around PE, but then I got my PE teaching job at Bethany. This is Greg talking. And he said, you ought to do that. And, and I hadn't even given it any thought. I knew I was nearing the end of my radio career. Um, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I loved my customers. They were my family. I took good care of them. Um, and I loved helping the market grow, but I just was really looking for the next thing. And um, I looked into it and I realized I didn't want to run a daycare. I was more interested in getting kids active and moving. So what it ended up becoming was kind of just a hobby but a one day a week after school program. So it was just an after school program, but quickly I knew that this was more than a business. It was something that I wanted to start, cottage industry business. Started it in our garage, started it with a bunch of cones and a bag of balls and a car, like literally. And we, um, we knew we wanted to make activity fun. We didn't want to make activity work for kids. Or, well, no one's going to do it if you don't. <laughs> Generally speaking, kids don't want to work out. I mean, the athletes out there do. The older kids understand that it's a, you know, a, a definite, you know, uh, important thing for where they're going to go. And every once in a while, you run into that rare kid that goes to the CrossFit gym with his mom and he thinks it's way cool and all this or whatever. But most of the time, kids just want to play and they want to move. And it's more important than ever with technology. These things are awesome. And I'm, as an, uh, I'm, I'm an addict like anyone else. You know, you're on social media. Oh, someone liked my thing. You know, I don't play games or anything in technology, but I understand the allure and everything is designed to be addicting, whether it's social media or the flashing lights on these wonderful devices, which actually are not phones. They're just computers with phone features. Okay. And so I thought, how are we going to do this? Let's make this the most fun part of their day. After school, they got to be excited to come to the gym. The engagement is way up top. So every year it just kept growing. 
And so during the summers, we would go out to events like the county fair, set up big obstacle courses. Uh, during the school year, we were basically doing the after school programs. Um, and then, you know, we were donating a lot of stuff to low income kids, helping them get active and moving, special needs kids. And as you know, we donate about 60 to 70 team building events to local high school teams and groups every single year. Yeah. And, and you've Southridge, always offered, yeah, you've always offered to do my leadership crew, um, yeah. and, and have them go through those teams building and I'm just waiting for the right time. And, uh, you've always said no charge. Don't even worry about it. It's free. I was like, well, it's always free pretty... to high school groups. Always. We never charge them a dime. Every once in a while, they like to make a little donation to us to help us out because they appreciate it. I don't know if obviously we'll get one in this year. We hope we do uh, have a season for it because I think the kids need it more than ever. But, you know, we took a leap. And uh, then 2016, uh, my boss and I parted ways. And I was going to wait about another eight months, but um, I jumped into it. It's been full time ever since then. It's been a great ride. We love getting kids active. We love getting them moving. We love getting them to see a goal, set that goal, pass it and realize, oh God, that was, that was doable. You know, it's like PE and field day crashed into team building. So it's all games, it's all fun, but they're moving and they're sweating. And sometimes it's very mellow, but we just want to just let them know kind of rebrand play because play has become this. Oh okay? yeah. And Using this, that, that, that device like and, that. and your phone. Yeah. And-, and I'm not anti this. This is a wonderful thing. I could sit at Starbucks and run my business off this all day long, you know, but we just wanted to rebrand, rebrand play, keep it manual, keep it physical. Just remind kids that these are great tools and so are your feet and get out there and take a chance and build some confidence at the same time. Um, and so it sounds like a little bit of the call to action was you were noticing a problem um, in that, that childhood obesity and you wanted to help do something about it. What, what other call to action was there to make you really get that thing up and going? You know, I just wanted to make a difference in the community. I mean, certainly I want to support my family and I've got two kids in college now and, um, you know, a junior coming in junior at uh, Southridge. So in two years, I'll have another kid in college while these ones are now, you know, they'll be done by then. So obviously supporting your family is important, but this was a passion. Um, that I didn't know was there. I always knew I liked coaching and working with kids, but this was something that I really fell into, I think got a lot of luck with. And uh, I really realized that when I was in sales and advertising for so many years, thought I kind of really loved it, but it became, it was a like, it was something I was good at and it supported my family. And I think I got very lucky and not a lot of people are where I found something that I loved and it, you know, really illustrated major parts of me and um, vice versa. And so I just wanted to not only feel good for the second half of my career life about what I was doing, but I wanted to make a difference in the community. And with that was getting kids active and moving, taking chances and, and doing all the great things that we do. Great. But also, you know, helping low income kids uh, that don't really have, you know, a lot of resources, um, helping special needs kids uh, realize uh, what moving your body can do and just having fun and enjoying it and giving them a little spark. I mean, it just makes me feel good. So part of it's selfish, to be honest with you, Joe. And the other part of it is 
We just want to make the, the community a better place. We yeah. just, that's, that's, that's what we want to do. It's how we're wired. Well, and, and, and when you live with that service-minded approach, um, oftentimes you do reap the benefits. I mean, yeah, you could call it selfish, but it's that, that reward that comes with knowing that you are, you are serving people that, that need help, that need, need that guidance, need whatever that push might be. Um, and really? so I, I, I'm seeing this just as, like, you're an entrepreneur, you know, and, and you're seeing a problem. There isn't necessarily a solution set up for it. So you're trying to figure out that problem by um, approaching a new business style, a new approach to getting kids up and active and, 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 like you said, redefining what play means. And that's huge. And so there's a big entrepreneur piece that I'm seeing there. And, you know, everyone wants to start a business and then call themselves an entrepreneur, but that's, that's not what it is. You know, um, an entrepreneur is somebody that, that sees a problem and is doing something new and then is going to eventually have people copy what they do, right? It's, uh, there's a lot of freelance people um, that, that own their own business or have a small business and do their own thing and they're their own boss. But that's yeah. not what an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur is somebody that sees a problem or sees something that could be better and finds a way to make this new and make this exist and make this be something, like you said, that, that's redefined. And, I, and the only reason I'm picky about that is because yeah. my grandfather, Joe Traeger, who invented the wood pellet barbecue, yep. Yep. Um, was an entrepreneur. And so it always it always bugs me when people are like, eh, I'm an entrepreneur. What do you do? Oh, I, I work in, you know, I, I opened up a couple McDonald's and, you know, I'm my own boss. It's like, that's not, that's not <laughs> yeah. what that is. Yeah, you know, you're a freelance Well, and you know what, and, if, you're, and great. if you're an entrepreneur, to me, that's harder than anything out there. Uh, it's harder than the brain surgeons we give credit to. It's harder than the rocket scientists we give credit to. And let me tell you, they're great at what they do. But, you know, other than diseases they don't understand, right. they crack a brain open, they know what they're going to find, and they know what the fix is, and they got to get in there and do it. And they're highly skilled, and almost no one on the planet can do what they do. And they're amazing, and thank God for them. But with an entrepreneur, you, you know, you probably are every department in a business. You are HR, you are marketing, you're the creative, you're the energy source you are the bookkeeper and okay you're, you're or hopefully if you're smart enough to hire a bookkeeper i i'm not doing it and so i have a bookkeeper because <laughs> yeah. i ain't doing that stuff but you know you, you know there's just so much coming at you and you have to be the problem solver you know a lot of people you know think i got it pretty easy i get to wear dry fit clothing and and uh they see me walking my dog in the middle of the day but what they don't know is i was up at 4:30 in the morning and I was either working out and then getting onto the computer or I was just up and I was working. And then uh, I might've gone to one of our morning schools because we have two schools where we actually get kids active and moving before school. And uh, then I come back in the middle of the day, I'd already worked four or five <laughs> hours. So I've got a couple hours to take the dogs for a walk, let my mind kind of release and relax and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, I'm in a school for an hour and a half, two hours working with kids, but I've got coaches at work for me. And when I get home, I'm on the computer again, answering parent emails and doing work and dealing with my wife who's my business partner and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I got more work to do. Yeah. So if you ask me, entrepreneurs are broad backed, broad shouldered people that uh, carry our country and um, hopefully 
you know, after this or any opportunity, people kind of get the idea of there's some hardworking folks and I want to support them all. Yeah. I can. Well, and, and, and you're, you're, there's a whole lot of passion, a whole lot of belief in what you're doing. Um, there's, you know, the innovation part is that you're starting from scratch and doing something new. Yeah. And the hope is down the road, people start copying your format. Um, and that's what, that's what being an entrepreneur is. Um, and so, uh, here's how I, this is what I remember realizing this about you. Oh, this guy's onto something. He's got something new. This is good. The first time I met you, and well, I don't even know if I met you. I, I watched you from afar, Spencer. I don't know if okay. that's creepy or not, but, um, you, you came, <laughs> oh, you were that guy. <laughs> you, you came to, to our school and, uh, our basketball program hosts a sisterhood night and, uh, they bring in all sorts of different local places and it's all about their families and, and the girls coming together within the program and, and just building young ladies up. And it's, it's a pretty cool night. You, I, I remember followed an act and I was, and I thought this, I was like, Oh man, that this guy is going to have a tough time following this act because it was a, a mixed martial arts group that came okay. in and were teaching these girls self defense, and they I'll, I'll never forget it. You know how do you you know to, to disarm somebody or dis dismantle them? Right? Is it eyes, eyes, neck, neck, groin, groin, and all? Yeah, yep. like a hundred and something girls, basketball girls, and from all different ages, high school Screaming all the way that. through that, just yelling. You know, and they're doing the hand motions, eyes, eyes, neck, neck, groin, groin. I'll never yep. forget that. So I'm just sitting there because I was coaching at the time. Um, so I was one of the coaches in, in the program and I was just like, this is awesome. And so then, then Spencer Rubin comes out, play fit fun. I'm like, good luck following that guy, but you did. And you got those kids up and moving and, and you were playing, playing games, but it was team building and it was, it, the interaction was great. And, and you commanded a room um, and it, it, and, and it was infectious. And I remember thinking about uh, just looking at that, I was like, this guy's on to something. This is good. And, and I hope I introduced myself to you that night. And anyways, I, I've known you for quite a bit. And yeah, 2013 yeah. sounds about about that time because um, that's when I was coaching girls basketball down there. Well, um, you know, that was kind of an accidental event. Um, I wanted to start doing those team building events. And Mike Bergman and I somehow got connected. And it all started at Southridge. Like literally, I kid you not. I have friends in business that are very, very successful and aggressive salespeople. And they have kids that play lacrosse at Lincoln High School or somewhere. And I've been trying to convince them to connect me with their coaches because, well, some coaches are all over, over this. Other coaches just feel like it's a waste of time or something. And um, so, you know, we just like doing more because we feel if we can get them performing better together on the field and being better teammates and better leaders and communicators, their next level in the military or in the job field or in um, school, you know, college, then it just helps them be better at the next level. And so Mike Bergman and I started this all together and we don't ever, like I said, charge one penny and we've driven to Canby, we've driven out to Reynolds and, you know, most of them are on the West side, but um, Southridge Sisterhood Night was our creation and it's a team building event. And Mike said, I want to make this big. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And he goes, somehow I want to incorporate the youth. And uh, I said, okay, well, why don't we just make it a sisterhood event? And he's like, let's do that. So we did it at night. I have a funny story to tell you. I had got a trailer. Okay, so now I have my big van that's all lettered up and stuff. But before that, I had a trailer that I'd pull around with a truck. Okay. And I lettered the trailer up. It's like a six by 10 Wells Cargo kind of stuff. We had low. And everybody thought I was insane. Cause I used to be the radio guy, the manager, the marketer. 
And then I start this play fit fun thing. And they're like, well, are you going to, you're going to be a, a kindergarten teacher, a PE, what are you, a PE teacher, what are you going to do? And um, so they just all thought it was this cutesy pootsy little thing. Okay. And uh, so we get 150 girls there and parents are all ringing around the top. And uh, I pull in the Murray Hill martial arts people. And I pulled in a dance troupe for that. Cause I wanted it to be it's like three hours long. And so I wanted this thing to be very fun for the girls. We had our team building stuff and games that we were doing and everything like that. And Mike, you know, he was a great sounding board for me on how to reach out to other coaches because a lot of them think, how good could it be if it's free? It's got to be crappy. You know, people guy, are like that. And Mike was even saying that. He goes, hey, I didn't return your call for like a year because I thought, or your emails either, because I thought this couldn't. And then obviously, you know, somehow I just said, let's give it a try. And I'll never not do this as long as I'm a coach. Well, anyway, so that's kind of how it all started. Talking about sidebars and tangents, I get off on those two. And I go out to the trailer and a Southridge dad, who's a neighbor of mine, walks out there and he sees the trailer. It is just a six by 10, Joe. It's got Place It Fun logo on it. You know, if a bird flew into it, it would probably be dented. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's the, and, um, he goes, dude, a trailer low. You hit the big time. And I'm like, the trailer makes me like the real <laughs> deal now. Really? Go, oh, whatever, buddy. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny, but yeah. So. I, and I love the van too. Um, it's awesome. And, and here's, I'm going to give you some advice with the van because it's going to just take it to a whole nother level is you got to get a play fit fun soundtrack. Do you have one yet? I don't have okay, one. Okay, well, those. when you get your no. commercials together and you start doing yeah. that, um, you got to get a soundtrack, right? And then you hook it up to a loudspeaker on that on that van. So when you pull in, boom, yeah. it's like you have uh, entrance music, <laughs> right? You put that song right. on, it automatically runs for two minutes, you walk out of the van. Um, and here's why Maybe I say you can this. make smoke come out of it. And stuff uh, too it, it and the whatever. better, yeah. you know, put on, put on the show, um, at Traeger grills when we were, when we were working in, and, and I was still doing that. Uh, we had a giant pig van pink as pig can be. And we welded up some big metal ears and a big yeah. snout to go on front. And it, we had a little switch box and that thing go, went, wah, wah whatever a pig makes a squeal or yep. whatever. And, uh, you drive through town or wherever it is. And, and people would cheer like, do the noise, do the noise. So as soon as you put music or some type of soundtrack I'll or some that. type of okay. sound effect on there, whole new level, man. We'll work on that. All right. So play fit fun. Tell me a little bit about some pillars, some major pillars, some keystones that you have that are, that are, uh, you know, non-negotiable that drives the ship that, that really leads the way. What uh, what do you guys stand on? What what does Play Fit Fun stand on? Well, I think I'll just say the name. You know, I did not come up with the name. So not only did I not come up with my business and someone else did and I ran with it, but I didn't even come up with my name. And I sat with a former radio uh, peer of mine in my dining room. And I was telling her what I wanted to do. And she goes, so you want kids to play and you want them to get fit and you want this to be fun. And I'm like, yeah, like nothing's sticking in my brain here. And she goes, there's your name. What? What? She goes, play fit fun. And I got up, oh, kind of got a ring to it. Um, the fit part throws people off because I think they think that it could be like kids fitness or kids right. boot camps and stuff. So we really have to be careful how we market. And so there's a little bit of a hiccup there. Um, but yeah, you know, 
uh, one of our tenets is play equals power. And we want kids to certainly be in better shape and, and uh, both mentally and physically. And, and it has to be fun to attract a kid's attention. Um, I had a former physical trainer of mine who ran boot camps that I was in. And his kids were enrolled in my program at Bonnie Swope Elementary here in Beaverton. And he said, how do you keep that class full? Like, I started a uh, kid's workout class about a year or two ago. We started with about 30 kids. And after a few weeks, it dropped to 20 kids. And after a few weeks, it dropped to 10 kids. And after a few weeks, I had like four or five regular constants. And I said, well, what did you do in the class? And he goes, well, like what you and I do, but the kid version. And I'm like, well, kids don't want to work out. Yeah. Sweat's kind of a foreign thing to them. So when they sweat, they're like, coach, I'm sweating. And I usually go, that's a good thing. Yeah. But, you know, I said, it's got to be fun. They got to enjoy it. And so, you know, when you move your body, when you're physically active, um, as you know, it makes you feel great. Besides the physical benefits, you release neurotransmitters from your brain, serotonin, norepinephrine, so many amazing things, dopamine. And dopamine tells you when you're doing something that this feels good, do more. And so when, you know, I really started studying the mental end of these things and I see the rise of depression and I see the rise of anger and anxiety and, you know, ADHD and uh, ADD yeah. Oh, yeah. and all these things the the explosion of those coincided with the explosion of these and the more static lifestyles. And then you don't have people engaging each other and their social skills are kind of falling apart as well. So it was really important for us to do something that could benefit people on, on those ends. And so play equals power, which is not on anything I'm wearing today, but is on a lot of what we wear. You know, it's a very, very open-ended statement. Play equals power. What does that mean? It means you can take chances. It means you can be creative. It means you can move your body. It means you're increasing self-esteem and self-confidence. You know, it means that, you know, you are engaging other people and human beings are social animals. And, you know, the more that you're together, the more you're working on those interactions because human relationships are messy, whether it's your friends in high school or trying to date or, you know, your marriage and things like that. You don't just come out of a box and have been locked up in that for a long period of time and become this, you know, socially and emotionally successful animal out there. It takes years and years and years of playing with this guy and being in class with that girl and realizing how much you put your foot in your mouth over here and how do I interact with her? And if I want to get this done, how do I have them help me? Oh, I've got to help them too. And just realizing that, you know, this is a very complex situation and we're very complex animals. So the whole play equals power thing is the biggest thing that we fall back on with parents. Like when we're talking to them, I'll say the reason why it says play equals power, or the reason why we do that is because this is not your average after school program. To make an impact, not just make a living, not just get kids moving, but to make an impact in the community to help kids improve and do better for themselves as well as kids in their school, as well as their community and things like that, it has to be special. Not that other groups aren't special, but to me, they're more just businesses than anything. And, you know, we really want, you know, kids to make this, I think a bookmark, you know, that's, Ooh, at the end of the day, it's Tuesday, it's play for fun day. I want to be there. Oh, yeah. Little do they know 
that they're working on so many other important skills that will help them be, you know, uh, successful people as they get to middle school and then high school and things like that. But also, you know, to just be, I think, a little bit more conscientious of what's going on around them because these things suck you in. You don't know what's going on around you. This becomes an instant gratification, push button. It's all about me. Give it to me now. I'm impatient, crutch, and it doesn't help people be successful out in the world. Yeah, and you're talking about a Socially. cell phone. Yeah, you're talking about our cell phones, right? Um, and, and, and that definitely is something that we're competing with in life. I don't think it's you know limited to playing and being active. Our social lives are, are, are competing with our cell phones and what's going on with them. Um, totally. or our family time or, you know, you look at ath- athletics. I mean, yeah, that instant gratification that you talk about is that, you know, instead of working really hard to get some playing time, to go out and do something good, um, in a game, um, it takes all that work and all that time when I can post a picture, get a bunch of likes and feel good about myself, you know? Yeah. So, but that's also important for, or for adults. And I know that a lot of what you do is based around kids and getting kids active, but play equals power. Don't you think that that rolls right into being an adult as well? So I love that you talk about, you know, you're kind of getting kids ready for the world and getting ready, you know, ready to, to interact and ready to team build and ready to work as, as part of one greater piece of the whole, right? So don't yeah. you think that play rolls up for adults? Absolutely. Play is therapeutic. We do corporate team building. So you, I can't remember if you were at the team building event that we did with the Southridge faculty before the school year last year, but David hired us. And we came in and worked with the faculty and I've worked with groups at Nike and Intel and all these things. There's a phrase in the world and I don't know whoever coined it, but it says the business of children is play and they experiment and they socialize and they, you know, they create and all these amazing things. And adults will, they're really crappy at play. They think going skiing and driving their ski boat and doing everything is play. That's leisure and it's fun. And man, I wish I had a boat, you know, especially on a day like today, but play is hard for adults. Like when they, you know, when we do an event and the adults are supposed to participate, they don't want to look foolish in front of that Traeger guy. Okay. They don't want to um, put themselves out there. They would rather again, be doing this or taking pictures of their kids. And my wife always asked me, um, for example, when we had kids in soccer, She's like, well, how come you never take pictures of the kids playing soccer? And I said, because I want to watch them play soccer. I want to be in the moment and you can take pictures if you want, but I want to take in what's actually happening in the physical world right in front of me. And so when we talk to adults about corporate team building events, and this has had a lot to do with being locked up also in the last 90 days, we haven't done a lot of team building events because people aren't really together. Like the whole Nike campus is shut down, but play is therapeutic. When we do corporate team building events and all they do is play Joe, I see them communicate. They're not checking their phones. They're laughing. They're giggling. I took a chance with that person and I never really ever talked to them, but I'm on their team now. And now, you know, Hey, this is actually a pretty cool person. And I've seen people from different divisions or if they're in a different city and they happen to come in, have big meetings and they hire us to do these team building events and they go, Oh, you're Joe from the office. Oh, it's great to meet you. And it's a great way for them to really cinch up tighter bonds, which is going to help them enjoy each other more and become a lot more of a cohesive working unit together. But the laughter, 
and the enjoyment from play is such a stress reliever and such a dominator of anxiety, it helps them get back into the game with a much more positive, healthy mindset. And the next time that they are emailing that person from across the states, right, or wherever, um, they're going to remember and have that, that name and that face attached to that experience. And that's yeah. huge. I can't believe that more people aren't teachers. Maybe, well, maybe you have to be like, you know, but like teaching and coaching has been the, the greatest honor of my life. And, you know, second to being a husband and now second to being a, hu- father. a, a yeah. father, you know. And, uh, you know, I really do feel like I am playing uh, for work um, because I'm so passionate about the curriculum that I'm teaching that, yeah. and, and there's learning and there's there's tests and there's there's that educational that school and it's not all easy it's it's hard but when you when you have that passion it, it does feel like you're playing when you love it that well, much would, it does feel like you're playing I would venture a guess I've always thought highly of everyone in your field and you know I and I'm sorry all the rest of the teachers out there please forgive me but I would venture a guess you guys have more impact on these people's lives in the given four years you're working with them because you're helping them with their relationships. And again, math and history and everything is so important. Okay. But in, in, for someone to relate to someone and in this selfish world about me, 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 for them to stop and realize, Hey, I'm from a popular group. And this kid in my class is a shy kid that no one really knows, but they're part of my group in this class. So I'm going to help them instead of judge them. Um, you know, when you guys can accomplish that and you can teach these kids about being the energy source of their school and making things happen in their school and do things that make the other 90% because they're the 10% doing all the work, but the other 90% enjoy it and be there. And it's a better place. It makes it an easier place for everyone to learn. But these kids that you guys touch in leadership and activities and everything like that, it really allows them to get out in the world and have a little bit more of a launching pad and a comfort zone and confidence about dealing with other human beings, especially when our social skills are lagging compared to generations past. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, and I, I obviously I feel like I'm going to agree with you because I, I'm in that <laughs> role and you're talking great things, yeah. but you're preaching to the choir, but there's so much more to school. And, and a big part of that is just kids being with kids and we're experiencing that right now with yep. with covid and 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 be you know remote learning and all those different things and like nobody's going to argue that math and science and all those things aren't important um hello i i use them every day you know and 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 because i jumped into that and tested myself and challenged my my knowledge and understanding and forced my brain to grow in those fields um i'm better at critical thinking i'm better at having conversations i'm better at at, at problem solving but that that piece that 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 I get to do for a job that I get to call a job, absolutely love and I, and I and I see that in you, and I see that in the work that you do as well. Um, so I'm just going to give you some props on that. I, I appreciate Thank you. that. Appreciate that. So uh, I'm I'm looking behind you. You're sitting here. We're we're obviously doing this remote um, mm-hmm. interview style over Zoom, and um, so I'm looking in your office right now. And that's you spend a lot of time on Zoom. You're looking at other people's houses, right? Um, yep. But I see behind you. There's a sign that says grit. Um, and I think I remember seeing a tattoo on your arm that also says grit. Um, yes. Why? Why do you have a tattoo and grit? And it's uh, right there in your office where I can see it. Tell me a little bit about grit. Is it important in your life? I think grit is the most important thing that any human being 
any the most important character. I mean, passion, compassion, um, kindness. That's, you know, my shirt and all that. I love um, your shirt. Kindness rocks. It Darn does. right. It totally does. I think grit is the thing. It's the factor that takes people places. And I always knew I had grit. I think I always knew it was important, but it never became really forefront in my life. And you and I both have read this probably many times. So I read that book. Yeah. Grit. Okay. Uh, Angela yeah. Duckworth. Angela yeah. Duckworth. And um, so, you know, this thing here says, Hustle, passion, and perseverance. I think Angela Duckworth actually said grit is passion and determination and then perseverance. Because you can have passion for something and you could be determined to succeed, but if you don't persevere, if you don't follow through, and then when you fail and fall down and do it again, um, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I, I tell my kids, I'm like, I'm a, you know, your mother gave you your brains. Okay. And she's pretty hard working and stuff like that. I want to give you grit. If I give you one thing outside of return a phone call every once in a while, um, it is, I want to give you grit because if you've got that, I feel like so many people your age do not. And this is not a negative comment towards, you know, young people, young adults in our community or anything like that. But I feel like a lot of people are, are lagging in that area. And if you've got it and you work harder um, and you're willing to get in the trenches and you're also willing to realize that it's fun. The work and the difficult parts of work and problem solving in a career or a job, it's supposed to be fun. Oh yeah. The struggle is supposed to be fun. When I first started playing fit fun with nothing, you know, I look back and the struggle was fun and it is now as well. And it's not supposed to just come to you easily. Okay. There's a reason why that low-hanging fruit is not the most tastiest fruit on the tree. And so I just thank God I ran across Angela Duckworth. I'd love to meet her one day, read her book, follow her on social media. Then I saw, did I get that right? That thing oh, yeah. on uh, online, on Iconic, I think it was. And I said, oh, I got to buy that for my office. Because I think if you ask anybody about me, um, that's one of the words I think that would come up. Well, and and, um, I got that from my mom and dad who were entrepreneurs. Yeah. I love that you bring up, uh, her and her work in her book. Cause I, I taught sports psychology for a long time, um, in the years of coaching and then working in sports psych. Um, I used her stuff all the time and, um, she's one of the leading, um, researchers when it comes to grit and, and, and defining yep. what grit is. And, and another piece to, you know, that passion and that perseverance is that that passion and that perseverance is long term. It's not something that I'm yeah. going to be passionate and, and, and I'm going to work really hard for this right now and then that's it. That passion has to weigh enough and that, 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 that one has to weigh enough to be a, 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 attached to long term goals. And so it's that getting used to and comfortable with failure. Failure is the way to success. We yeah. need to embrace it. You are going to trip. You're going to stumble. I mean, you're starting a, a business from scratch. There's going to be times that you screw up and, and take a left when you t should have taken a right. I mean, that's the case in, in, in any aspect of life. We're going to screw up, but that's where we learn. And that, that passion, hopefully we love and care about something enough to where we now are going to accept that failure learn from that failure, and now take the step to correct it and or not make it again. 
Um, yeah. And so that that's that other piece to to grit is that there's passion, there's perseverance, but there's it's also connected and it's a long term thing. You're dedicated to that that perseverance, right? Uh, well, that, I think also if you don't mind me interrupting real quick, when you talk about long term, again, everything in our lives comes to us quickly. Okay, um, I just bought um, some face masks to be out in the world. And I was like, okay, hate wearing masks. I wear them out in public, but um, I wanted to get this face shield, actually, excuse me, and test those out. And uh, one or two days ago, I get on Amazon, think, 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 boom, paid, done. It's at my doorstep. Okay. You go to the bathroom, you push buttons, out comes the paper towels. Cars are, te- are, are computers on wheels. These things, you can order anything, have it here. I mean, all the great things, and I'm not complaining, and I'm not anti-technology, but what it's trained um, humans to do is be this entitled, give it to me now, I'm powerful, instant gratification animals. So when these kids go play sports and they expect to be good, especially if they came from some kind of trophy society situation or something like that, you know, the long-term work, the stick to itiveness is so important, but it also can be very hard for a lot of young people because they expect to be successful now. Even coaching in our summer camps now, we've had to totally repivot, retool our summers. And we invented this thing called summer camp in your backyard. So even just thinking about a couple of kids I worked with today and also last week, they would make one mistake in a game and they're ready to quit. Okay. And I see that, you know, being greater numbers now than what it once was. And I, I personally equate that to video games and how good we get at hitting the reset button when things don't go our way, getting things quickly, okay? And again, I'm not saying video games are bad, but I'm just saying some unfortunate things have come from our technology as well. And it's not anything that's really gonna help them succeed if they don't have that grit, that determination, that stick-to-itiveness, realizing it's long-term, and every once in a while I'm gonna have to keep touching that stove, it's gonna burn a little bit, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tough this thing out and see what's uh, waiting for me at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And when you get used to doing things quick and doing things easy, I think you're missing out on a lot of the fulfillment that comes from, you know, doing something yourself um, or working really hard for something. Um, I, uh, I don't, I don't know if I can yet call myself a woodworker. I, don't, I haven't received that badge yet. I don't know, but um, I love. I've seen the, your stuff. You're a woodworker. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. But <laughs> I, I, I love building something with my own two hands. Yeah. And yeah, I can go to Ikea and buy something. But you know, when I look at something, it drives my wife nuts. She'll be like, oh, can we get this? I like this. Or she'll show me something. And my line is, I can build that. She's like, yeah. oh, I can't just build everything, <laughs> you know. And it's so funny, but but it's that. It's that fulfillment that comes with doing something yourself and earning, earning it. And I'm not saying everyone yeah. needs to go out and be a woodworker, but there's things in my house that I've built. This you're you're looking at my screen. This ladder right here that I built for it's a blanket ladder. It's right behind me. Um, I built that, and every time that I walk by it, I'm like, I built that. Yeah. And it and it's in it and it keeps giving, right? I remodeled my kitchen. I did it myself. I put a lot of time, a lot of research into understanding how to do it right, not peel and stick tile, but how to do it right. And every time I walk in my kitchen, I'm like, dang, I did that. And yep. and it's that reward that keeps giving. And so learning how to um 
like that and be attracted to the hard part, the uncomfortable part, the challenge part. Accept it. And then and then understand that at the end, when you walk by it next, you can be like, I did that. You know, or Well, you know, kids form their healthy life habits or their unhealthy life habits generally between the ages of 8 and 12, and that kind of carries with them. And, you know, in our games that we play, it could be a dodgeball game. I mean, it's nothing complex, but it has such complex results. And I tell my coaches, I train my coaches, and I even tell our parents that there is a complexity in the simplicity. We're playing simple games. But when a kid isn't instantly good, like today at one of our camps, we had kids holding pool noodles and other kids taking foam rings and trying to throw it to them, and the kids would catch it with the noodle. And you have to hold the noodle right because if you don't, it wobbles. And you have to throw that hoop right or that foam ring right because it has to go like this so you can go like that. And the kids that weren't instantly good at it were starting to get frustrated and storm off. And we circled them back around and we're like, hey, don't quit. You're this close to getting it. And once you get it, watch how good you're going to become. But you got to work. you got to build these skills. You just started this game. Have you ever done this game before ever in any form? No. Okay. So we're not always good and perfect the minute we try something new. So give this a try. So we steer them back. We're usually very successful doing that. Every once in a while, a kid refuses to come back in and then sooner or later they will, but they come back in and like the next throw or two or three throws later, you know, after a few more clenched teeth moments and stuff, they do it and the light goes on and they look at me and I go, see, and it starts there. It doesn't, it's, it's kind of like COVID right now. Everyone wants answers now. Are we going to have school? Are we not? Is there going to be a sports season? Is there not? Are the Ducks or Beavers playing football in the fall? Will there be NFL? Whatever answers. We don't know yet. And this is a very long-term, complex thing. And if you think about it, we're only about four months into this, really. Okay? And it takes a long time to get through that. And it's the same thing with building these skills. You know, some people just expect us to hit the field and be in. Well, that kid's pretty fast. He should be good at X. He doesn't even know how to use his hands. Right. He doesn't even know how to use this and give them time. They got to stick with it. Like you said, that long-term thing, that long-term focus and willing to stick through it and stick through the pain and stick through the failure and realize failure can be fun. It may not feel good, but at the end, when you figure it out, then it's fun. And you look back and go, ha, jumped over that mountain. Yeah. You know? Well, and you can't be so hard on yourself and failure too. It's like you're going to, you know, be able to laugh at that, you know, be able to see the humor in things and understand, um, the, you know, you want to know one question I ask PE teachers, though, I've asked PE teachers every year, a bunch of questions just for market research. And one of the top answers, I go, what do you see in gym class with the games you play? Okay. What do you see? I know what I see. I just want to hear from you what you see because you're in the schools. I'm after school or I'm somewhere else. And to a T, they say kids do not like to lose and they do not like to make mistakes and lose in front of other kids because we've created this perfect bubble. Okay. I can do things and then I can alter them and I can take pictures and I can edit them and I can make myself prettier or stronger mm -hmm. or filter it this way or whatever. So we go make mistakes. We've become these animals that can't handle that 
you know, I don't even know what to call it, but they can't handle making mistakes. It become embarrassing to us or we think we're complete failures. And it makes it so hard for them to just relax and realize everybody makes mistakes every day. I tell kids that all the time. I made mistakes before I came here, you guys. I just own it. I yeah. never used to be able to, but now I can own it and go, huh, I'll fix that one later. Sorry, guys. Yeah, not perfect. And I move on and I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. But it just doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. And so we got to get used to it. And I, and I love how you kind of approach that because, you know, with, with my podcast and capture it and having these umbrellas, the idea is that maybe from an episode, you can take a uh, one or two things and, and have it be a really small thing. Um, and the reason I talk about it like that, I'm a big believer in improvement science. You don't have a full cell change and fix everything. You fix things one little thing at a time. Um, and that's yeah. why you go back to like those kids trying that noodle game that they c- couldn't figure it out. And it's like, well, you're new to it. Why would you, why would you just think that you can get it right away? It's gotta be those little things. It's like from that noodle game, they took away that one little thing of, well, you know what? Um, it was new. I shouldn't have been good at it, but now that I've tried it, worked at it, persevered, I get it now. And I could probably go do it again. It's those little things. And, and, and that's why I like that approach is that you're getting these kids active. They're having fun. They're, they're playing, right? And we're redefining the word play, but there's layers to it. And yeah. you're hoping those layers stick a little bit here and there. And as they come back, it sticks and it reinforces those long-term goals, right? Those, yeah, those yeah. long-term takeaways that we hope that they do. Uh, you know, Spencer, there's been, uh, I've said things in my class 150 different times. Some kids will hear it on the second time. Some kids, it'll take them to the 149th time. <laughs> and then they'll come and say, I heard you today. And I was like, good. You know, that's, but that's why I say it all the time. <laughs> yep. And I'll sound yep. like a broken record, but, but it takes that moment. It takes that, them needing to hear it, um, you know, in order to in, uh, do that. And one, one, one thing that pops into my head is when I talk about social media in our, our devices and, and phones and, um, you know, I talk about my Instagram and I tell them the story about how my wife made fun of me one time. Cause I only had 30 likes on a picture. I was like, yeah, I love you, but I didn't put that picture up to get likes. I put that picture up because I liked it. And I tell this story, and I've had kids come after, you know, after my lecture. Thank you for saying that because yep. I needed to hear. I'm so focused on, on how many likes did I get, and, I, and, it, and it's consuming my life. And it's really important. I mean, you know, but we, we have that instant gratification. I can, I can post something, get 100 likes. You know, I don't have to work three years to just get one, one hit, you know, or, or one, one touchdown, you know, which it'll take a long time to get. I can just post something and have 100 likes later. And so yeah. we got to get back to that. Uh, well, I want to read something yeah. to you. Do you, know, uh, do you know who Seth Godin is? I heard that name, yeah. Okay, I think you would uh, enjoy him quite a bit. It's just coming up here. I, uh, you know, he every day, I don't know where he comes up with it and how in far in advance he comes up with his stuff. But man, you know, he writes a uh, little uh, newsletter e-blast comment every day. Some of it really resonates with me. Some of it does not. So yesterday he posted one called Doom Scrolling. Okay. Now I'm an addict. I will admit it. Okay. Those people who can't admit that they're addicted to their phones or social media or something that has to do with this, they're fooling themselves and they're lying to you. Okay. I am addicted. I like seeing likes, but I also don't post things like you said for those likes. I do it because I want to impact lives or I want to make people laugh and alleviate some pressure. It's a weird world right now 
or I want to share an idea of what you can do with your kid on a hot day like this and go play and have fun together, parent and kid or family and stuff like that. And I'm not looking for 32,000 likes or whatever it is. But anyway, this was very interested, uh, interesting. And I just want to read it to you real quick. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, hopefully it resonates with anybody that's still listening to us. Um, but it goes like this, doom scrolling. Being informed is a virtue. It helps us make better decisions and encourages us to take action. Getting hooked on an endless scroll of media inputs is not the same as being informed. There's long been a business model of urgent news, man bites dog, but now it's been leveraged, amplified and optimized to suck people in for hours at a time. And division is much easier to sell than progress. If it's not helping you take action to make things better, what's it for? I'm snapping. Okay. We do this in my in our class. If if there's something that that is said or, or comes up that you just resonate with, I'm I'm snapping right now. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, we read stuff, we react to it, we read a no. We're all surface skimmers. We don't read the article. A lot of it's fake news. You don't even know half the stuff you're reading anymore if it's accurate or fake news or whatever. And he just he makes the point that I've thought and other people have made many times, and he's made many times in the past too, that this stuff just sucks you in. And it's negative, okay? A lot of it's not really true. You're not really digging too deep to really be an informed commentator, but you're sharing it saying, look what happened over there. And veins are popping out of your neck and things like that. And it's kind of a stressful um, world. And you have to be careful with the information, you know, yeah. that you share. But anyway, this was a really cool thing that I think, again, you know, sometimes people need to hear things again and again and again. And sometimes you're just not getting the right information or you're hearing the wrong stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you need to be aware of that. I've talked about this before, but I would love a new norm to be that um, everyone's great. Yeah, you have your opinion. And, yeah, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But uh, let's take it and create a new norm that have an opinion and then ask yourself to dive into it. You know, dive into your opinion. Research mm -hmm. as much as you can with some, some true, a real valid information and and, and and dive in and really research and understand the topic fully um, one that is of your opinion and then then ask yourself is my opinion still that do I still have that and and but we are yeah. so we're, we're and I think that goes along with that instant gratification thing is like we're scrolling we're scrolling we're taking that boom we're getting that information and now you know that's kind of consumed our understanding and our opinion but our, our opinions um, our values our beliefs really should be more time spent and uh, more educated um, and, and really dive into that before um, you let the whole world and everything, the craziness go on uh, yeah. around you for sure. And now I'm thinking about just going back to play fit fun. What has been some of your, now that you've been doing this for, well, for since 2013, what have been some of your major takeaways? My major takeaways, um, people are overwhelmed. Parents are overwhelmed. There's a lot of information coming their way. We lead more static lives than history, than any time in history. And when you're not moving and releasing a lot of that stress and anxiety and things like that, you become a uh, much unhealthier person. And so people need to move more. That's just the bottom line. Okay, it's, this is a very simple takeaway. This is not very complex and I'm not a very complex. I person. like to keep it simple. But 
people need to move more. Okay. Some people move a lot. Okay. But they still need to move more, whether you, you know, walk, bike, work out, play, whatever it might be. And by movement, it's such a broad term, but you need to play more. You need to move more. You need to enjoy life more. Okay. We are very serious people. I'm a very serious person. I can, you know, find myself at the computer for a long period of time and I got to get up and go, you know, my mood is crabby. Um, I'm kind of verklempt. So I leash up. My dog's been sitting at my feet this whole time. He's my best friend. He's absolutely crazy too. And uh, I leash him up and we go for a walk and I spend time with him. He makes me happy. I got Van Halen playing on these things really loud or ACDC or something. And um, all the endorphins and the, ne- the neurotransmitters, like I mentioned before, they start flowing. I start getting more creative and um, my stress and anxiety reduce. And again, there's a reason why so many people are on stress and anxiety drugs. And there's a reason why people are more stressed out and anxious than ever. And some of that unfortunately leads to anger and violence and a, a general lack of kindness out there. And I think if you are moving, it just helps you enjoy your very short time on this planet that much more and hopefully have a more positive impact on your family and on your community as well. It's starting to get a little, you know, mushy and and much more complex now, but that's my major takeaway. People need to move more for so many reasons. Yeah. And you said something in there that, um, that I realized that I do is like when, I think about like the major decisions, stressful decisions that I've made in my life. I often am, am doing something when I think about that solution, you know, I, I, and, and just simply going and moving. Well, going and doing my woodwork or doing yard work or whatever it is, it's that, that movement. And I think about some of the major decisions I've made. I've often made them while I was doing something, um, doing something where I can, you know, be active and, and, and whether it be a going on a run or working out, lifting weights, yard work, like I said, doing woodwork. A lot of times, I, you know, as, as you said that, I think, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of thinking happens when I'm doing those things because I'm giving myself that energy. I'm giving myself that time, that separation from the world um, while I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. So that's huge. Just get up and move. And, you know, you go back to improvement science. And, and I love a book. Uh, um, B.J. Fogg uh, talks about tiny habits. And uh, start with something very, very small, very, very simple. Yep. When I... When I um, am doing this, that means I'm doing this. So when I'm upset, that means I'm going to go out and do yard work and think about stuff, you know. Um, and so just those tiny habits of in making it attached to something, you know. Yep. So make your movement attached to something. Um, oh, we got dinner at 6. We eat at 6 every night. Well, because we eat dinner at 6, that means we go on a walk at 7. You know, and here in Oregon, maybe it's not every day is a walking day, but, um, just attach it to something. Um, and so that's how I think it's like, it's not about well, running marathon. It's about getting up and moving because we know the benefits of it. I like what you said about keep it simple and start with something small. And that's what I tell people. I have parents coming to pick up their kids saying, Oh, I need to move more. I'm not happy with my weight or I'm stressed out or whatever. Um, and I also, you know, just see what people are not doing. And a lot of people are very intimidated about fitness. One, you don't move a lot now. So when you go out and move, okay, it doesn't feel good. So you stay away from it. You play video games or you watch Netflix and you binge watch something. 
dopamine is starting to come out of your brain telling you this does feel good. So it's this really strange catch 22 that people find themselves in. But what I'll tell people if they give me any, you know, um, if they give me time and ask questions and stuff is like, start small, start slow. Keep in mind when I talk about, if I post an article about movement or exercise and its benefits or whatever, as a reminder or something like that, I'm like, keep in mind. And again, I go to a gym, it's a boot camp gym. I enjoy it. I love it. But I'm like, it's not for everybody. The big gyms, not for everybody. You may not like it there. You may be embarrassed with where you are. You may just not want to be seen wearing those clothes. I don't know. Go for a walk. Do you want a dog? No. Buy a dog. It needs to be walked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Start with the block. Okay. Then do three blocks. Then do a mile. It, it doesn't sound like much at the beginning, but you're working muscles. Then it doesn't hurt so much. The neurotransmitters, all the great stuff comes out of your brain. You're out enjoying nature. We are inside, which you and I are right now, and it's proven scientifically. Human beings are happier when they're looking at trees, hearing birds, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. So when you go for a walk, okay, look, see, listen, and you know what? Daydreaming, which is kind of a dead art, and you're walking and looking at that cloud and stuff like that. That's where some of our greatest ideas come from, okay? But start small, and who cares? You know, riding a bike or going for a walk and, you know, getting your heart rate up a little bit and stuff like that, that could be your perfect thing. And if that's what you do, then go ahead and do that. You don't have to go to this CrossFit gym. You don't have to go to that boot camp gym. You don't have to go to one of the big box gyms. A lot of people do and they enjoy it. But a lot of people get very intimidated by that. So then they don't do much. So exercise or movement can be anything. You know, THPRD has got new pickleball thingies over there on Cedar Hills Boulevard. And I see people in there playing. I see senior citizens out there playing, which is so great for them. I'm like, go play pickleball. You don't even move that much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you move because it's like tennis, you know, but you're, and it's social and you're talking and you're laughing. You're not in a gym. Perfect. Yeah. And then you know? afterward, I always, I always encourage people to ask, ask yourself, how did, what did that do for me? How was that? And then just take a moment to reflect on that. That made me yep. feel good. See those benefits right right then and there. All right, Spencer. Well, so we always wrap up our show um, with a moment of gratitude. Um, and so uh, the R in Capture It stands for recognition. So I always pose the question, who or what in your life is worthy of some recognition? And I always tell people, well, we should be doing this all the time. We should ask ourselves that daily and then go do something about it. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to ask yourself the question, who or what in your life uh, is worthy of some gratitude? So I'm going to give you four or five, and I'll make it real short, okay? okay. Uh, number one, my wife. Um, you know, she's amazing, and she's my business partner, and we have faced so much change and stress since March with our business and how we've had to change and pivot. She's been patient. She's been understanding. She's been creative. She's been helpful. Um, she's my best friend and life partner and she just, uh, she's pretty awesome. And so that's, that's number one. Uh, number two is this guy right here. Jake. Okay. He's the taking dog. a nap right now, but this guy, even as crazy as he is out in the neighborhood, um, 
he makes me happy and he follows me around the house. I'm his human. He's chosen me. He loves the rest of the family, but there's something about me he loves. And uh, I come into the office, he pushes the door open and he wants to be in here with me. So he makes, not that my family doesn't, but he makes me feel wanted. And he reminds me on a daily basis that it doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what I smell like. It doesn't matter what I sound like. It doesn't matter what I drive, but he enjoys me. I love that. Okay. And that helps me be a better coach because I got this kid over there that's this way and this kid over there that's way. And it just helps me value them for what they bring to my moment and my class at that moment. And it reminds me, how can I make their lives better for this four hour period, 90 minute period or whatever I'm working with them. So my wife, my dog, love and, um, two more people. One, they're both in Beaverton school district too. Uh, Greg. Okay. Stoller. He planted the seed. He decided to share it with me in the early stages of me doing this and um, kind of becoming a uh, quasi PE teacher in a way. He threw a lot of advice my way and really kind of gave me the energy behind uh, what Play Fit Fun has become. And he introduced me to Raphael, his then uh, principal, who was the first principal to ever say, I want you in my school. I want you here making a difference for my kids. And he was the first guy that said, yes, it was an unproven thing. I wasn't even a company yet, you know? And they said, yeah, no, 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 no. We want you here. And uh, last but not least, Cheryl Wardell, who is, I think she's still like a tocent in the uh, uh, Beaverton school community, but she's kind of the Dean of the PE teachers at the elementary level um, in Beaverton. And she's amazing. And her passion for kids, her passion for movement in the early stages of Play Fit Fun in the first few years, just her and energy and advice and input that she gave me too, just out of the blue, just because she wanted to. She liked me. She liked what we were doing. But she took a lot of time. And uh, like Greg, was very generous with her knowledge and her time and her desire outside of PE in the school district to see something and recognize that, that this could be a benefit to kids. It can help them become better people. And trust me, there's PE teachers out there who, as we come in the gym at the end of the day that we rent, and they look at us and we can tell that they're like, what is this all about? Who are you and what? And da, 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 da. And they're not cruel or anything. I can just tell that they're a little bit critical, okay? Or a little bit judgmental. But these other people and some others looked at it and said, love what you're about. And this is at the time. No, you don't have a lot of experience, but you got the energy and the interest and the desire. And that's all you need right now. The other stuff comes later and we'll help you any way we can. So my wife, my dog, my kids are okay. I kind of like them. <laughs> um, and uh, right now they annoy me. Um, and, uh, and and Greg and uh, Cheryl. So I can probably go on and on, but I'll just stop yeah, with this one. Yeah, I love it. I always want to say my wife, but right now, I mean, uh, helping her bring our son into the world was uh, just magical. I mean, we're just learning as new parents every day, but there's that Brad, Brad Paisley song. I'm a big country music guy. Brad Paisley is like, I thought I loved you then. That uh, that that lady, I I want to give her the world. Um, this new little kid in our life, I um, major so perspective for moments for you. Oh yeah, I so excited for that. Um, and just as we've talked about, just fun and play, and it's just like I th I'm thinking about my siblings and just having fun around them. And and um, you know, you put me and my my siblings in a room together. We are going to play. 
and we're yeah. going to have fun. Um, yeah. And I'm so thankful that, that our, our relationship is like that. Um, Good and for you. So, um, I, I just am thinking about my, my, my siblings. Um, so, yeah, I give them a huge amount of recognition because um, I love them. I love them, and we have a lot of fun, and we, we play a lot together, and I, I really uh, am glad that I have that with my siblings in, in life. Spencer Rubin, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Thank you for talking about play, fit, fun with us um, and yeah. really helping the listeners. Um, being on the show is all about taking little pieces and implementing those into your life. And so, um, like always, um, we are always in time working to capture it. <laughs>